So if you're new tonight, I want to say welcome. I'm glad you're here. If you're back and returning, I'm glad you're back. Tonight we are going to jump into uh, the last sermon in our constant series, and we're going to talk about community, which actually goes perfectly because on Friday we have our brotherhood and sisterhood night, which is all about, yeah, people are excited. Woo! Yeah, okay, so it's all about diving in with guys and girls. Uh, But I want to start with just kind of my experience in church. So growing up for me, I had some very positive experiences with churches. Uh, My family attended a few different ones. We weren't church hoppers. We weren't people that like hop from a church to a church every year. But uh, there's a few times we had to change, you know, churches. One closed. A couple different times we felt led to go to a different church. But to be honest, as as positive as some of these or some of these experiences were, and if it wasn't for the very first church, a tiny church that closed, that, uh, that led my parents to the Lord, you know, despite those great things that happened, uh, there's some very negative things that happened, too, in the churches I grew up in. You know, some of the churches just didn't seem to have life in them. You know, they were pretty much dying. It was all people over 70, and then my family. I thought nobody under 20, you know, followed Jesus. Uh, and there's other churches who, there's a different church where we got really hurt by the pastors there. Uh, so just some, there's some tough situations. And, and I say that at the same time, you know, we had or generally positive experiences, but there's, there's a few tough situations. But then uh, right before I graduated high school, my family got connected with a church plan in Iowa, or in Iowa City called, it's called Life Church, about 70 people meeting in a gym and uh, they would set up their own chairs before service, which I thought was ridiculous. Like, I don't have to set up my own chair. Come on, I get to come and sit in a comfy chair. But anyways, I was in high school and kind of crabby at the time. But, but this church really showed me what it looked like to have a healthy, thriving church. And, and one of the ways that I saw it, or one of the ways that I first realized that this was a healthy church, was I could not figure out who the pastor was because he was so humble. And there were so many people involved in the life of the church that I could not figure out who the pastor was. He wasn't the type of pastor to put his face on the cover of a book or on the very first page of the website, here's a big picture of his face, like some churches are, right? Like that was one of the first ways I saw that this was a healthy church. And it's been incredible. My parents are still involved with this church and it's grown by a thousand percent since then. They got about 700 people now. It's uh, thriving and growing and they are pushing back the darkness, not only in their city, but around the world. And I'm thankful for that experience. But for you, maybe you come here tonight And you can relate with different parts of my story. Maybe uh, for you, you went to some small town church that never grew. is the same people every week. And there's uh, nothing wrong with that. Uh, But uh, but that's your experience. It wasn't super life-filled. It wasn't super joyful. It wasn't super exciting. Maybe the Holy Spirit didn't didn't really move in your church. Or perhaps you're part of a great church, like the one I described at the end. and, And you have positive experiences. Or maybe even still, like this is your first experience of church. And this is not a church, this is a Christian community, but uh, this is your first experience of God's people gathering. But the thing I want to do tonight is to talk about the importance of being a part of a Christian community. I want to talk about the importance of no matter what your story is, no matter how badly you've been hurt by the church, no matter how badly a pastor has hurt you or church people have hurt you, I want to propose to you tonight that at the center of God's uh, dream for your life is this desire for you to be a part of a Christian community, to be a part of a community where uh, people come together and they worship God together and they hear the preaching of the word and they eat food together and they pray together and they do life together. I, I truly believe that at the center of God's plan for your life is for you 
to plug into a Christian community. And the commitment to community or the importance of community is why we meet weekly in large and small group gatherings. You may wonder, why do churches meet every week? Because we believe that to do this Christian life, we can't do it alone. Like, there's nothing more that I hate than when people say, oh, I'm spiritual or I'm a Christian, but I don't like the church. The church is God's plan to save the world. God uses the local church to save the world. So you can't be a Christian without being a part of a church. I truly believe that. I believe that from the very beginning of the church, or the very beginning after Jesus left earth, it was always done in the context of community. This Christian life was always done in the context of community. So tonight what I want to do is to propose to you that this is important, and, and, and to propose to you that being here on Tuesday nights is important, and being in small groups is important, and going to things like brotherhood, sisterhood is important. And it should be at the very top of your priorities to be a part of a Christian community. It doesn't have to be Chi Alpha. It can be anywhere else. But I believe if you want to follow Jesus, then you need to make Christian community at the top of your priority list. Uh, so Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 through 25 says this. It says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works and not, and not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So from the very beginning of the church, there's this problem where people gave up the habit of meeting together. From the very beginning. So it's not just my problem. In October, I don't see some students for a while because it gets busy. I got work. I got uh, midterms. And this writer to the Hebrews can relate with me. And it's what I want to say to you. Do not give up the habit of meeting together. I know that you're here tonight, so you probably are in that habit. But encourage your friends to not give up the habit of meeting together. To not give up the importance of coming together with other Christians so that they can stir you on to love and good works. So with all this said, we're going to finish our constant series tonight, as I said. And this series has been all about the importance of being faithful. God calls us so, now this word faithful means to be steady, to be constant, to be consistent, to be steadfast, to be firm, to be immovable. God calls us to be faithful. In the midst of a world that's being pushed to the right and to the left, in a world that's crazy at times, God calls the church, God calls Christians to be faithful, to be immovable, to be firm and steadfast. And in the first week, we talked about the importance of being faithful in our disciplines. Pastor Adam came and shared, and it was incredible. He talked, he talked about the importance of daily disciplines. And then last week, we talked about the importance of being faithful to God. We said that success is being faithful to God for a lifetime. And I propose this to you. I said, if you are faithful to God, if he can trust you with what he wants you to do, then you're going to fulfill God's dream for your life. That's what we propose. Now this week, I want to talk about the importance of being faithful to community. God calls us to be faithful to something bigger than ourselves, to, or to one, submit ourselves to a community, and two, to engage in a community. So tonight's sermon is called Something Bigger Than Yourself. So to live the life that God calls us to live, we must dive in and be invested in God's people on the earth. So if you have your Bibles, turn, or turn with me to Acts chapter 2. And Acts comes, or comes, right after, or comes right after the book of John. It's right before the book of Romans. It's in uh, about the middle of the New Testament. And the book of Acts, if you haven't heard of it, is the story of what the church did right after Jesus left earth. So in the first chapter, Jesus says, hey, I'm leaving y'all. I'm taking off, y'all. But I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to empower you. I'm going to send my Holy Spirit 
I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And then I'll send you to go and to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit shows up on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, and, and they get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks. But the church gets baptized in the Holy Spirit. They speak in tongues, and God just lights them ablaze. And they begin to go and preach the gospel. And they see, on their very first day, they see 3,000 people get saved. Okay, so that's a lot of people getting saved in one day. I want to see that happen at you and I. I believe it could. But it's got to happen if the Holy Spirit, well, the only way it's going to happen is if the Holy Spirit's poured out. I believe that. And that's why next week we're starting the Holy Spirit series. So sneak peek, come next week. But anyways, 3,000 people get saved. And then what does the church do? They have all these people. How are they going to help these people grow in the Lord? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. I'm glad you've been thinking about that all week long. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47 tells us what they did. So we're going to just take a look at that really quick. It says this, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together, and breaking bread in their homes, they re- and they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. What a powerful picture. What a powerful, exhilarating, exciting picture of what church could be like. So the main idea tonight is this. To be all that God has called us to be. To be all that God has called you to be, you must be faithful to Christian community. You must commit to Christian community. That's the main idea. If you want to see God's dream for your life come to pass, you better invest in the Christian community. All right, let's pray over that. So God, we just thank you for being here tonight. I pray that truly your Holy Spirit would be here. God, I pray that the book of Acts would be commonplace in this place right here. God, I pray that your Spirit would show up in our gatherings. I pray that you would baptize us. I pray that... Or, I pray that we would devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching, devote ourselves to breaking bread with each other and see signs and wonders being done. God, I pray that this community would look like the early church. God, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So I'm going to do something different tonight. I'm going to read a verse and then give you a point. All right. So Acts chapter 2, verse 42 says this, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and the prayers. First point is this. So we must be faithful to Christian community because what I'm going to do in these four points is show you why. So I don't want you just to be here because you're supposed to fulfill some religious obligation, okay? I don't want your religion. I don't want your duty. Instead, I want you to be so lit on fire by God and so convinced of why you should gather that you want to be here, okay? So the first reason is this. Be faithful to Christian community because growth happens in the context of community. In verse 42, this is a beautiful description of what the community of Christ could look like or should look like. That first community placed primary importance on the apostles' teaching, on fellowship, on eating together, and praying together. These four things seem to be a regular part of their community. Sounds kind of like a Tuesday night, right? Especially when you think of the fact that at the end it says praising God and having favor with all the people. So in Chi Alpha, we pray before service, and then we spend time together before and after service. And I teach, and sometimes you're like, why does he talk so much? Well, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And I'm trying to share the apostles' teaching, which is in the scriptures. I'm not an apostle, but scriptures is the apostles' teaching. 
And then we worship. I think I might have said that. And then afterwards, we eat together. It's a holy thing to go to beat-ups. I believe you should make that a part of your religious duties every week, to go to beat-ups, to have chicken wings, and maybe some fries on the side, maybe some ranch dressing. I don't know what you're thinking, but come and eat food because it's holy. There's something holy that happens when God's people eat food together. And then in small groups, we have extended time for teaching, for fellowship, for prayer. And again, if you're in Katie Craig's small group, some food. Come on. These things from the very beginning have been a part of the weekly rhythms of the church. And they're part of the weekly rhythms of Chi Alpha because we believe that God has called us to be like this church, to be like this early church. So why do we have these weekly rhythms? Why do we think it's important to incorporate these things into our weekly or into our routines? Why is it important that you all come on Tuesdays in small groups? You know, like I said, is it just to fulfill some obligation? And no, it's not. It's not to fulfill an obligation, although there's something holy about saying, hey, I'm going to go to something even when I don't feel like it. There's something good about that, but that's not why you do it. Instead, you come to Kyle's activities. You go to church. You be a part of these things because when you do these things, it helps you grow into the image of Jesus. If you want to be the man or woman that God has called you to be, you need God's people, and you need to be a part of his church. Guys, we need each other to be the person that God has called us to be. How can we expect to be like Christ if we don't hear the teaching of the word from God's pastors and teachers and preachers? How can we expect to be like him? God has given us leaders to preach the word and to teach us the word of God. How can we expect to be like Christ if there's no one in our lives who knows what we're going through? How can we expect to be like Christ if we don't need beat-ups together? I'm just saying. I'm just playing around, but hey, it's a holy thing. If we want to be all that God's called us to be, then we have to commit to community. And not only for those reasons, but also because God has given each and every one of you, no one's exempt, God has given every single one of you gifts and skills and talents and passions. And if you don't come, two things are going to happen. One, you're not going to experience the gifts of other people, okay? Second thing that's going to happen is we're not going to get to experience the gifts that you have. So I believe I have a gift of teaching, and I try to give that to you guys every week, and that's great. But I also need you. I need you to encourage me. I need you to have mercy. That's a gift of the Holy Spirit. I need the prophets to rise up in this place and give words from God. I need you. You need me. We need each other. God has given us gifts, and we, there's no person in this room that has every gift, and we need one another if we're going to be who God has called us to be. Ephesians 4, chapter 11, verse 16, or through 16 says, And he gave the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists, the shepherds, which is just pastors, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood or womanhood, if that offends you, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children. This is why. This is why God gives us gifts to build each other up so we can no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. I never, I feel like the most confused Christians are those who are not in community because when they get an idea in their head, there's no one to say, hey, that's wrong. That doesn't line up with scripture. We need each other. Guys, we need people in our lives who are going to, one, comfort us and two, rebuke us when we need to be rebuked. 
Verse 15, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. God has given the church people with a variety of gifts so that the body of Christ can be built up. This is why. All right, so when I was a freshman at this fine university, there was a day where there was a preacher out preaching like you guys have seen the last couple of weeks. It's not a new thing. Okay, you all get all round up. I'm like, I've seen it 10 times. Every year it comes out all grumpy. And everyone gets all worked up. Every year, I'm like, dude, I ignore you now. You've been doing this forever. But anyways, I was one of those kids that said, I'm going to go tell them how it is. All right, I got this. I got this. I know my Bible. So, you know, I got in there and talked. And, and there's this atheist kid there. And he uh, was kind of intrigued by me. I started talking afterwards. I had to get to Kyle for that night. But we were talking, and, and he started asking me some questions about hell that I honestly didn't have answers to. And I was wrestling at the time with this idea of predestination. Maybe you heard of that. I'm not going to get into it. But this idea, does God send people to hell and heaven, or, does, or do people choose? I figured out what I think now. Okay, I'm not confused or anything anymore. But at the time, I was confused. I saw some things in Scripture. I was wrestling through this. Point is, like that aside, we can talk about that some other time, but I felt torn up inside as I considered, could God send people to hell? That's the first thing. The second thing is, why is there hell anyways? You know, these questions are going through my head. I'm just really tore up. I'm, I, I'm broken, and I go to Chi Alpha because I play drums on the worship team at the time, and the vocalist, she comes up to me and says, I need to talk to you right now. I'm like, okay. It's a little scary because we never really talked before that. She brings me out to the hallway, and she's like, God told me to give you a message. I said, okay, this sounds like fun. She says, and she says, God told me that you've been wrestling with why people go to hell or like the logistics of it. She's like, I don't really know exactly what, but you've been thinking a lot about hell. And God just told me to tell you not to worry about it, that he's got it. And right there, boom, I broke down. I literally, I laid on the stage through all of worship practice and wept. I could not get up. I was so blown away that God saw what I was going through. And he cared enough to tell Kathy to encourage me. That's why we need the church. That's why we need Chi Alpha. If I wouldn't have come to Chi Alpha that night because I was down or I was discouraged or whatever reason I could have come up with, I was hungry and I wanted to go to the dining center, whatever, then I would have missed out on that. And sure, I'm sure she would have found me, but... The point is that God does something when the community gathers. And if we're going to be all that God has called us to be, we need each other. And we don't only need each other, we need each person to operate in their gifts. So I pray that you begin to step into the gifts that God has given you so you can upbuild this group even more so. All right, verse 43 says this, And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Second reason we have to be faithful to Christian community is because the Holy Spirit moves within the context of community. So notice that the first, that as the first community gathered, it says they were moved to awe as they witnessed God moving among them. From the very beginning, from the very beginning of Genesis, which is the first book of the Bible, God has sought to save the world through a people. Like we always say, oh, you know, through Jesus, yes, through Jesus, but through a people ultimately. Because in the Old Testament, God called Abraham to go from his homeland and to start a family, to begin a nation who would become the nation of Israel, who Jesus would come from. And God said that through this people, I want to save the earth. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 3, it says, The Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and your people and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you into a great nation, and I'll bless you, and I'll make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, 
And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you or through your sons and daughters and their sons and daughters. From the very beginning, God has wanted to save the world through a people. God loves to move through communities. Like you may be sitting in your room like, I want Holy Spirit to show up. And yes, he can show up in your bedroom. He does it to me all the time. But the most powerful experiences I've had with God have been in the context of a community, in the context of his people gathering together. Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, Jesus is talking, and he says this. He says, for where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. If you want to come and meet Jesus, if you want to see him move in power, then gather with his people. And you don't have to do it just here at Caiaphas. Grab a friend or two and say, Jesus, there's two or three. Let's go. Show up. And begin to pray and seek God in your dorm rooms and say, God, we're together. I can think of one time when the worship team, when I was in Chi Alpha, when I was a student, like we're in Bender Hall. It's sweaty. It's in August. It's so nasty. And we're sitting there. We're trying to practice. We're playing a little uh, djembe. And, and there's like three guitars. We don't need three acoustic guitars, but we're all playing. We're practicing. And the Holy Spirit just shows up. And we just all looked at each other at the end of that song. And we're like, what in the heck just happened? The Holy Spirit showed up. He showed up among us. I can think of another example from last week in our community. So Casey and Nava had small group last week like they do every week. And from what I've heard from multiple girls from that small group is they did not want to go to small group last week. You know, it's October. I'm not really feeling like it. Nobody wanted to go, including the leaders, I think. But they gathered, and they decided to come, and they decided to press through. And God showed up. People got freed of anxiety. God spoke through some of the or some of the different members to each other, and they were encouraged. There were tears shed. God was moving. But if they wanted, or to see God move, they had to gather together. They had to say, I'm going to say that my emotions do not dictate my life. I'm going to set those aside and say, although I don't feel like going, I'm still going to go because God calls me to gather with his people. It's not about your feelings. It's not about your feelings. You're never going to feel like doing the things God calls you to do, at least not consistently. Do you think I feel like doing all the things God calls me to do every day? Do you think I feel like meeting with people every day and hearing everything they're going through? No, but God calls me to it. And I need to do what God calls me to do because I know that, that when I submit myself to his will and not to my own, that God transforms me. So people of God, meet with other Christians. Make it a priority. I don't care about attendance numbers at Kyle. I don't care about how many people are in smart. Like, that stuff is great. But I care about your soul. And if you don't have each other, you're not going to be the person that God's called you to be. We need to stop letting our feelings run our lives. Because that's been the story of this generation. We let our feelings dictate everything. And we need to say no to them and say, I'm going to do what God calls me to do even when I don't feel like it. Sorry, I'm preaching. All right. I've been working with college students for a few years. All right, verse 44 through 45. It says this, And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. So the third reason why we must be faithful to community is because our needs are met in the context of community. Okay, so our needs are, are met in the context of community. So we see that the church did not just commit to community because they wanted to grow or because they wanted to see the Holy Spirit move, but they also committed very practically because they needed each other. Because these people were Israelites, okay? They're part of the nation of Israel, and they decided to follow this prophet named Jesus, who they say rose from the dead. And because they followed him, that actually led to exclusion from Israel's life, or from the economic life of Israel, which led them to be on the fringes of the economy, on the fringes 
of the society, which meant they had needs, and they needed each other to take care of their financial needs. And those who had more took care of those who had less, and they shared everything together because they needed that. But I think we can apply this not just financially, but also to our needs as far as our emotional needs, our spiritual needs. We need each other to encourage one another, to challenge each other, to encourage each other when we're down, to be challenged when we're feeling apathetic. We're called to, or to be there to, or to listen to others when they're going through stuff and, and also to have people who will listen to us. We're called to love one another. We're called to meet each other's needs. That's what the church does. It doesn't just challenge you to grow, but it also is there to meet your needs. So First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7 and 8, Paul is talking to the church at Thessalonica, and he says this. He says, We were gentle among you, and like a nursing mother taking care of her own children, so being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. So we're called not only to share the gospel with each other and to share scripture with each other, which we need to do. Please do it. I love the scripture. But also we're supposed to take care of each other's needs. Paul says he was affectionately desirous of his church. He viewed them like a nursing mother viewed her children, which I know that very vividly right now because I have a newborn. This caring, this, this nurturing, this, this laying down his life for the church. So many of you know that Emily and I miscarried last fall. If you haven't been around, you don't know that. But last fall, we miscarried our first child. It was a really tough time in our lives. I can remember just about a week after this happened, I had a Chi Alpha meeting with the other directors in the state. So like the University of Iowa Chi Alpha director, the Iowa State. Like these guys are awesome. So like big dogs. So I'm meeting with them. And it's actually on video chat. Okay. And we're kind of sharing where we're at. And I share the miscarriage story. And I just begin to ugly cry. I just begin to weep. I can't even talk. And there's like 10 people on the other line of the video chat. And they're all just sitting there, just watching me cry. And you'd think it'd be very awkward, but it was strangely comforting in that moment. They all just sat there with me as I wept before them. And they prayed for me. They prayed for the peace of God that surpasses all understanding to come into my heart. And that moment changed me because I had them to be there for me. I had these people who were willing to bear my burdens with me and to meet my needs. God's called you to be like that with each other, to be able to weep in front of one another. I know that sounds scary, but, you know, sometimes you need to weep. To be able to hug each other when you're down, to, to be able to encourage each other, and not just encourage each other, but also challenge each other when you're getting apathetic and getting lazy. Say, hey, you should come to Kyle for tonight. I know your feelings tell you not to, but, hey, get off your butt. It's going to be okay. Once you come, you'll be glad you did. I think most people are glad when they come, just the getting here at times, right? So we need each other to meet our needs, all right? So there's one more reason why. I think we need to be committed to community. Verse 46 and 47. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Okay, so the last reason why we have to be faithful to Christian community is because when we commit to a community, when we all bring our gifts to the table and we all partake in this community, we see more people come to know Jesus in this context. People come to know Jesus in the context of Christian community. So like, I love it when people want to go out on campus and preach and share the gospel, you know, one-on-one, and that's great. I encourage you to do that. But the thing I've found through my years of ministry is most people come to know Jesus in the context of a people gathering together. Sometimes they come to know Jesus when someone, you know, like goes up to a random person and shares the gospel. But for most of the time, it's people coming to a place like this or they go into a small group 
and they see the people of God gathered, and, and they see how they interact with each other, and then they say, hey, I want to be a part of that too. So when we commit to this community, when we say we are going to be faithful to this, we're actually helping the church grow. We're helping the church expand. We see this. It says, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So as this church was vibrant and healthy, it grew. Healthy things grow, all right? Healthy things grow. A healthy plant grows. A healthy baby grows, right? A healthy community will grow. So as you commit to making this community or making whatever community healthy and vibrant, you're going to see the church expand and grow, and you're going to see people come to know Christ. I believe that the fastest way to reach this campus is to establish a community that truly, truly lives out the kingdom of God. So not just a community that's religious, but a community that walks in the power and the authority of God, a community that takes care of each other's needs, a community that's devoted to the scriptures, a community that loves to eat food together. I believe that as we establish this community on the campus, that this campus will be reached. I believe that. As our campus sees us growing together, encountering God together, and loving one another, they'll be drawn to the kingdom. People are not drawn to counterfeit kingdoms or to religion. They are drawn to Jesus. And they can't stay away from him when they see him truly manifested in the life of a community. So, so when you make the decision to commit to a Christian community, you are playing a part in reaching the world without ever preaching a message. As you use your gifts and you serve where God has called you to serve, maybe for you it's setting up the lights. Like, Katie, you're awesome at setting up the lights every single week. Maybe that's what you do. As you do that, people will see a more accurate uh, or a more accurate uh, representation of the kingdom of God. As they see you serving and being all that God's called you to be in the context, in the context of community, they'll see a more accurate uh, representation of the kingdom of God. So do that. If you want to reach your campus, if we want to reach our campus, we must commit to being like Acts chapter 2, being like that church. As we do that, this community will be unstoppable and pushing back the gates of hell. I believe that. So the main idea tonight, again, is this. I'm sorry, I was fired up tonight. I believe in this message. To be all that God has called us to be, we, we must be faithfully committed to Christian community. If you want to be the man or the woman that God's called you to be, you need to rely on one another. You need to commit to a church or to a campus ministry or, or to both, hopefully, and to be a part of God's people. So I know that there's a variety of different types of people here tonight. There always is. And tonight, there's some of you who, who, who Christian community is a priority for you. And that's probably many of you because you're here it's a top priority for you, and it's something that you commit to. It's something that, that you think is important. However, if you're honest, there are times that it becomes kind of an obligation for you. Like, I know that every single Tuesday you're not pumped to hear me preach. It's okay, all right? It's all right. For some of you, that's where you're at. And maybe in this season, it's been more of an obligation for you. Being a part of community has been more of this duty for you. I want to encourage you tonight that there's something holy and God sees it when you do things that you don't want to do. Like your feelings, like I said earlier, may be telling you, just quit doing it. You don't feel like it, don't do it. But, but God honors those who are faithful to do the things that they know they should do even, even when they don't want to. So I want to encourage you that God sees you tonight and he says, well done, 
good and faithful servant. Stay the course. God will encourage you at just the right time. He will encourage you at just the right time. Right when you feel like, I can't go to Chi Alpha again. I can't go to church again. I'm just not feeling it. God will send a fresh impartation of his Holy Spirit into your heart to give you what you need to keep going. So I want to encourage you with that. There's a second group of people tonight, and you're half in and half out in Christian community. Like you, like maybe go to small group one week. Like you strategically set this up in your head. Okay, on weeks one and three, I'm going to small group. On weeks two and four, I'm going to Tuesday night. That's some of you. Let's just be honest, all right? I'm not stupid. I see the patterns. And you think, if I just go, like, like, if I go to these things, like, this amount of times, then I'm fulfilling my obligation to God, and, and he's pleased with me. You know, God's okay with me. I've appeased God. Like, he's some taskmaster in heaven who just wants us to do a few things. That's kind of where you're at. I want to encourage you. When you don't go to small group, and when you don't come on Tuesday nights, you are taking away from what God wants to do in this community. You're actually stealing something that God wants to do when you don't go to small group because we need you in small groups because there might be someone there that night that needs you there, that needs to see your smile and see your encouragement and hear your story. But if you don't go, they're not going to get that. If Kathy wasn't obedient that night to come to Chi Alpha and give me that word, then I would have still been wrestling with that perhaps forever. I don't know. But she was this, this sign from God that God saw me that God knew me, that he loved me. And God's calling you to be that person. So I encourage you, even when you don't feel like it, dive in. Say, this is a priority. Just like work's a priority, just like your hobbies are a priority, just like homework's a priority, God should be a priority. And finally, there's others tonight. And this may be one of your first times here at Chi Alpha. And you're like, what the heck? Does nobody go to this thing? Is he trying to get everyone to start coming? You guys are great. You come. Like, I'm not mad at you. I'm just encouraging you. But, but for you, maybe you're here tonight, and, and Christian community has never been a priority in your life. You don't even go half and half out. You don't really care. You don't even know if there's a God. I want to encourage you to, to consider making this a central part of your life. And don't do it just to be religious. Some of us do that already, and it's just lame. Don't do it just because there's great people here, which there are. There's some attractive people here. All right? Aaron Manning, I'm looking at you good looking guy <laughs> but instead make it a priority sorry Aaron you're just a good looking dude alright so instead instead make it a priority because because of this now I'm getting serious because the leader of this community Jesus he's the leader not me Jesus the leader of this community he laid down his life for you and in, in what other community what other people what other nation or group of people does the leader lay down his life for his people can't really find one. I can't think of one. In this community, the people of God, the church, for the last 2,000 years, they've been united under one person, Jesus Christ, who gave his life so we might live. And that's someone worth following. I'm going to fail you. Your teachers are going to fail you. Our politicians are going to fail us. We see that, obviously, all right? But God, Jesus Christ, will never fail you. He's the faithful God he said, when you were at your lowest, you were worth dying for. So that's why I want you to be part of this community, because our leader is worth serving. It's a community worth being a part of because of who our leader is, and that's Jesus. And all you have to do to be saved, all you have to do to be a part of God's family is, the Bible says, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that 
God raised him from the dead. If you do that, you'll be saved. You'll be a part of this family. And I'm not talking about Kyle, I'm talking about the family of God, the Capital C Church. So I encourage you to do that. You stand, or stand with me tonight. We're going to close. <clears throat> so as we're closing out this series, I want to end with this commitment. This commitment to be constant in our commitment to community. This isn't about just like Kai Alpha. Guys, I hope you hear my heart. This isn't about like you just being at these things so I feel better about myself. It's about this community being everything that God's called it to be. And to be everything that God's called it to be, we need all of you. And maybe you're called to be part of a different community. Maybe you're called to be part of a different campus ministry. That's totally fine. But I encourage you, totally dive into that one. Don't be half in, half out. Dive into the other one then. But tonight, God wants us to be a people who are committed to community, who are committed to each other. And as we do that, God's dream, one, for our lives, our individual lives, is going to begin to happen. And two, God's dream for our group is going to happen. Now, I'll give a third thing. God's dream for our campus is going to happen. We have to commit. All right, so bow your heads and close your eyes. I want to give you two ways to respond. The first way is just about putting your faith in Jesus and receiving salvation. And the second one will be about committing to community. So for those of you who are here tonight, and if you're honest, you don't have a relationship with Christ, or maybe you once did, but you've walked away, and you want to put your faith in Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. So I'm going to count to three. When I do, uh, the thing we do at Chi Alpha is just raise our hands to heaven to tell God that uh, we're asking him to save us, all right? So I'm going to count to three, and I want you to do that. So one, two, three. Slip up your hands all across this room. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Is there anyone else? All right, you can put your hands down. I'm going to pray for you. So just pray in your heart a simple prayer of, of putting your faith in Jesus, and I'll pray out loud. So God, we ask you tonight to save us. God, we recognize that we're flawed and, and we're sinful and we've fallen short of your glory. Tonight, God, we just repent of our sins. We uh, repent of the ways we've messed up, and we ask you to save us. God, we ask you to give us a brand new heart, a brand new spirit, to, to make us a new person tonight. God, we love you, and we thank you for everything you did through Jesus, in Jesus' name. All right, so the second way I want you to respond is, is to say that you want to be a part of God's people. So not just here at you and I, but then when you go out from here, like, you're, like for your whole life, you want to say, I'm going to be a part of the people of God because I believe that God's called me to do that and that the world will be reached through me being a part of the people of God. So that's you. Can you still flip your hands right now all across this room? God, I pray that you would see these hands. God, I pray that you would see these hands. God, I pray that you would see the hearts of these students. I know their hearts burn to make a difference in the world. God, their hearts burn to be who you've called them to be. God, they burn to make your name famous. God, I pray tonight that you would give us everything we need to commit to your people for all of time till our last breath to be committed to Christian community. And God, I pray that even when people hurt us, even when church leaders hurt us, even when church people are lame, I pray that you would help us to stay committed to your people. In Jesus' name, amen.